Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and let us affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this privilege to once again be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights to us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in the service be cursed, as before, all of the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance, selfishness, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy nation. And so stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your holy countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Allow us to find your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. I present this service into your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. Для тебя зажигаются, Господи, тысячи слов для тебя, как молитва звучат, Love. 
благословляя наш путь от земли к небесам. Верую, верую, Господи, верую на все времена. Силою Бога воскрешена Proverbs chapter 28 verse 20 A faithful man will abound with blessings but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished So this is referring to the fact that he who hastens to be rich is an unfaithful person He does not show faithfulness to God The thing is is that faithfulness is a disciplinary ability to measure our desires with our abilities and therefore, one of the versions of the translation of this verse could sound like this. A faithful faithful in what is little is rich with promises of hope, but he who does not demonstrate faithfulness in what is little, he falls away from hope. When a person rushes or hastens to become rich, he falls away from the inheritance of the blessings that are contained in hope, and he becomes guilty before the face of God which opens him to 
to curse. Colossians chapter 1 verses 21 through 23, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, here is the condition, if you don't fall away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, to convert the principles of the kingdom of heaven into material goods given to gaining and dwelling in faith means to fall away from the inheritance of hope which God views as idolatry and service to mammon. In order to demonstrate faithfulness to God, Scripture offers us to use the principles of the kingdom of heaven so that we can convert material goods into treasures that do not diminish. He who is faithful in little is the bond of components after which it is necessary to establish the main priority that stands above all these components to correctly place our priorities because if priorities are incorrectly placed then when applying any kind of spiritual principle we will cooperate not with God but with devil Assessing our priorities is the order of sequence and which order to God must happen. Luke chapter 12, verses 29 through 32. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind, for all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Luke chapter 12, verses 29-32. Do not be afraid of any kind of economic conflicts, war conflicts that occur and that are going to, to, to grow greater. God as the Father knows the needs of His children better than they know them themselves. And through His fatherhood, God had taken the responsibility of fulfilling all of our needs. We must note that between our needs and our desires, there exists a great gap. Between our desires and our desires, there is a great gap. And on the other end, between that which we consider ourselves for ourselves as necessary and that which God considers as necessary, there is also a great gap. We think that this is necessary for us, but God might think something completely different. And therefore, our misunderstanding in relation to the fulfillment of our needs will disappear when we fulfill the following conditions in Scripture. Because of which, before we search for the kingdom of God, which God has promised to give us according to certain conditions, first, it is necessary to define for ourselves which is the kingdom of what is the kingdom of heaven in us. For the kingdom of heaven is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy 
in the Holy Spirit, Romans 14, 17. And so here we see what the kingdom of heaven is contained, is contained in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Second, it is necessary on the pedestal of priorities for the kingdom of heaven to stand higher than all material goods. Third, it is necessary to agree with God that in this given situation it is necessary for us not what is necessary for us, but what can be um, Luke 16.22 So is that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. The rich man thought God had allowed him to have the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Those who have material goods, I'm talking about these religious people who think that they don't have the spirit of poverty, that they are smart and that they are wise, and that God is on their side, that money is clinging to them and that they have authority over money whereas in fact these are very sorry people because they don't understand that riches are contained not in money but they are contained in faith in the richness of faith Lazarus had the faith of God and God boasted of him before heaven and before hell he said look look at my son he is not moaning and groaning that he is eating the crumbs from the rich man's table and that he must eat with the with the dogs. Take a look. He re is rejoicing that he has me. He rejoiced in him. And the angels, when he had died, they took him up to Abraham's bosom. And this rich man who feasted, he called his friends, he had parties, celebrations, friends that were just like him, who also believed that if they have a lot of money, then they are free or rid of the spirit of poverty. And this is their spiritual level. They define their spiritual level with their wallet. Their mind, thinking that with their mind they would reach this kind of richness, forgetting that rich, that riches aren't gained through our mind. They're given by God in various cases. Sometimes we see people smart that are poor, but those who are foolish is rich. Someone says it can't be that a rich man would be foolish. He will find rich people who are not smart because they reach their riches either through inheritance or through unlawful ways. And that's why companies don't... We must understand that God is against His children being involved with material riches. He's not against them, but he's against when they rule over man. Fourth, it is necessary to be thankful to God for what we have. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. First Thessalonians 5, chapter, uh, verse 18. 
you will read that we're not talking about thank God for the evil that has come upon you. Thank God for all of that which He has allowed you to have. All of that which comes from God. It is He who has allowed you to have this little. He has allowed, He had allowed the widow to have very little oil in her vessel and very little flour. He allowed her to have this. And thanks to the fact that she had believed the words of the messenger of God, who had said, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your oil will not dwindle, and your flour will also not diminish. But in the beginning, first, make for me uh, some bread. Honor God in my face. And she had believed in him. And Christ, in his time, had said, Why? Elijah was not sent to any of the widows besides this widow. Why? Because in that moment, there was not one Israeli widow to whom Elijah could come and say, Thus says the Lord, first do this for me. She would have set him far away off, and God had seen this. He had found the heart of a person who would believe his messenger. It's very important to understand that today, now more than ever, more than ever, there is a strong attack against tithes and offerings as a commandment, as a fundamental commandment, the foundation of which God is going to either save people and the foundation of which He is going to send people to hell. I'm talking about Christian people who had questioned and said, why is this necessary? God needs, as we mentioned, a voluntary offering. But they said that tithes were a part of the Old Testament and therefore they don't need to be followed. But we know that they were present forever. They were present in the Garden of Eden long before, long before the Old Testament. This was, it was present in the subject of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We know that why Adam couldn't touch it. Because Adam was, had not yet become a priest and a king. He was a carnal man. But as soon as Adam, in the face of others, his other descendants, became a spiritual man, and he had gained the dignity of a king and priest, God allowed him to come close to the tree of knowledge of good and evil to his belonging in the face of priests, priests of the Lord out of the tribe of Levi. They had the authority to come to this tree, and what was not allowed to everyone, they, on the contrary, had to come near it and to eat of it in order to be blessed. Fifth, it is necessary, as I had mentioned, to be faithful in what is little so that God can entrust in us more. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Luke 16:10. We right now again and again are going to demonstrate our, our our honor to God in tithes and offerings. We're going to worship God in our tithes and offerings because it is specifically the correct offerings of tithes that opens the door into the courts of God. Do not come before my countenance with empty hands, says the Lord God. We are going to bless God in tithes and offerings, and we are going to search for knowledge of God. 
God on his end is going to give us that which is necessary for us and what is the most important. He is going to give us the opportunity to inherit the promise of the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ. And these riches are found in our control. Pastor Paul says, we, having nothing, have everything. All of the earth and all of its riches belong to us together. And we have them. But we don't have them because it is necessary for us to grow to the full measure of the stature of Christ. And we are given enough time to grow into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Let us stand. We will thank God for that which we have. We will honor God in tithes and offerings. We will express our love. We will acknowledge His authority over us. And we are going to honor Him in tithes and offerings. The promises will always abide. The blood of Jesus affirms them. We will sing. And so each time Israel had honored God in tithes and offerings, they were called to, according to the words of Moses, to raise their hands over their offerings before the Lord and proclaim one unique proclamation that they were faithful to for thousands of years. We, being that same Israel, tied to that same root, drinking from the fruit of the same olive tree, will do the same thing. Please raise your right hand, a symbol of your righteous act, over your offerings, and pray along with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I have separated the tithes from my home and brought them into your home so that your home may have food. I do not give impurely. I do not give in sorrow. And I do not give for the dead. I rejoice that I have the privilege to express my love and to acknowledge your authority. And according to your word, I ask you, right now, may your heavenly windows be opened and may your blessing come down abundantly upon your redeemed nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated.
Субтитры 
Please open up with me a familiar place of scripture that continues to have depth of wisdom, depth of mystery, and unfamiliar principles. Matthew 5, 45 and 48. 
that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon that I would like to continue is called Called to Perfection. And linked to the path that leads us to perfection, we have been studying the path that leads us to God as to our groom in the symbolic story of the path of Rebecca to Isaac. And I've been studying the signs presented in the Bride of the Lamb. Rebecca presented these signs in the virtues of the Lily of the Valleys, upon which we are called to look with the eyes of the heart or with the eyes of faith so that we can form ourselves into the image of perfection that is in the likeness of our Heavenly Father. And for this reason, Rebecca left her nation, her house, and her previous life so she can follow Eleazar to her groom, Isaac. That in Scripture symbolizes the Holy Spirit that came down upon the disciples of the Lord in the day that they were celebrating the Pentecost to lead the small flock to the perfection in Jesus Christ. We note that in our situation, celebrating the Feast of the Pentecost is accepting the Holy Spirit into your heart, not as an honored guest, but as the Lord and Master of our life, which allows us to bind ourselves to the Holy Spirit upon the conditions outlined in Scripture to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never binds anyone to himself. Each one is required to bind themselves to the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. A person not taught how to receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord of his life will never be able to bind himself to the Holy Spirit and understandably will not be able to be led by the Holy Spirit. In result, this person will lose their sonhood, that is, their salvation, because only those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You can speak in tongues, as we've spoken of this more than once, and not have insufficiency in any gift, and at the same time remain a person of the flesh, not having the Spirit, and will resist all that comes from the Spirit of God. Apostle Paul wrote directly to the Corinthians that they don't have insufficiency in any gift, they speak in tongues, but they are people of the flesh and don't have the spirit, and he was not able to speak to them as spiritual people. Therefore, speaking in tongues and practicing spiritual gifts is a spiritual experience, but it is not called to make us spiritual and to change our character into the character of Christ, the character we inherited from the sinful conduct and life of our fathers. The teaching of the cross is given for the purpose of separating us from our nation, from our house, and from our life in the flesh. That is our corrupt man, the producer of sin. With all this, we note that specifically during the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive a unique and destiny-affecting ability to either receive the Holy Spirit in the form of the Lord of our life, to then receive from Him and in Him strength to perform a complete and total separation from our nation, from our house, and from our corrupt desires to then in the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit bear to God the fruits of righteousness that is to lead a godly life that carries the power of the resurrection of Christ or we receive the Holy Spirit in the form of a dear guest and continue to remain in the dependence of our nation our house and our corrupt desires <clears throat> they ask me a question People ask me a question, how can we, without the Holy Spirit, leave our nation and our house? We can do this, 
And it's not the Holy Spirit that we need. If you remember, Israel came out of Egypt, but they took Egypt with them. It's talking about in the beginning we do something. We come out, we testify, we discipline ourselves. We, and something, if something happens with our relatives or our people, we are, we become angry, we, beca we are willing to uh, argue with the holy people and break the law of God just to uh, treasure or to keep our, our family or our bloodline. The Holy Spirit begins to work. When Abraham left his nation, his house, he still had it in his heart. Only there in the Canaanite land did God uh, separate him. It's important. We can come out and take Egypt with us, take out with us the Mesopotamian land and that temple there. But so we come out, the Holy Spirit sees that we obeyed and we came out. And now he gives us the opportunity to kill in us. We have our role and the Holy Spirit has his role. And so you don't need to become uh, disappointed. As people say, without the Holy Spirit, you can't separate yourself completely. Yes, but when we come out, we will understand with our mind and testify this is good to a certain point. We receive seed and it begins to grow in us. And only when the fruit begins to show, when we will, that's when we will truly begin to feel the separation from our nation, our house, and our corrupt desires. And to receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of your life, we came to the conclusion that looking at the conditions of celebrating the Feast of the Pentecost that is contained in the book of Leviticus 23:15-21, we need to fulfill seven requirements presented in the celebration of the Feast of the Pentecost. These are examples of what we need to do in the real time. And we have been studying in these requirements the things we need to do today to be able to receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our own life. These are two wave loaves <clears throat> that we need to prepare from two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour. It starts from the two <clears throat> wave loaves. And so these breads, these, the regular religious understanding, they can't understand how is it that God can receive uh, breads that are uh, wave, which are the, they have the sourness taste to them. Uh, people interpret this as a sin, generally, in other churches. And they say when sin is in the church, it has leavened the entire lump, then Jesus will come, is when people say. But strange, who will he take if uh, sin has flourished in the church? This is an example, uh, and so the leaven is an example. This is the seed, this is the word. It can leaven the, the, lo the lump, and the kingdom of heaven is like a woman who took uh, leaven and put it into three measures of, of flour. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is the teaching of Jesus Christ. Just as sin, a little bit of sin uh, leavens the whole lump, and we allow and we uh, legalize different kinds of sins and small parts. Righteousness will also leaven the lump. It's sin or the seed of the kingdom of heaven, whichever you choose. And here, the two wave loaves is the kingdom of heaven that is presented in the Holy Spirit and in the Word of God. 
<clears throat> there this leaven is present and these two loaves are not uh, presented separately but we are in these two loaves we have the word of God that we talk about in accordance to scripture that this is the thummim, the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh this is the first wave loaf and the second is the urim which is the Holy Spirit that reveals what is already inside of us and so these are these two wave loaves together with the two new wave loaves it is necessary to offer seven lambs of the first year and we talked about this that this is God's redemption seven is God's fullness and the uh, lamb of one of the first year that redeems a person together with the two new, new wave loaves it is necessary to offer one young bull and two rams and we talked about how the bull that presents this is our soul and the two rams these are they uh, usually uh, lead the flocks and it talks about our mentality we present our mentality what leads our mentality our mind uh, why specifically two because we have two uh, forms of thinking we have two areas of thinking we have our heart and we have the thoughts of our mind Together with the two new wave loaves, it is necessary to bring the grain offering and the drink offering. Further, together with the two new wave loaves, it is necessary to sacrifice one kind of the kid of the goats from the goat herd as an offering for sin and two male lambs of the first year as a peace offering. We talked about these things. I won't return to them. <clears throat> The sixth, the pr in, in sixth, the priest needed to bring all these things and wave them before the Lord together with the wave breads and the two lambs. And seventh, the offering is to be brought at the time of the holy convocation, and at this time no customary work is to be done. In a particular format, we have already looked at six meanings that are contained in six examples of celebrating the Feast of the Pentecost and stop to study the seventh meaning, symbol of which is, <clears throat> just as the previous is, a necessary requirement to receive the Holy Spirit as our Lord, the Lord of our life. And so this requirement is to honor the Holy Convocation. <clears throat> To honor the holy convocation in which we present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice is testimony of our belonging to the great Sabbath at the time when no customary work is to be done. Previously we noted that during the holy convocation was the time when it was necessary to bring two new wave loaves with the pour out and various offerings. Speaks, spe this speaks of our belonging to the sovereign boundaries of the kingdom of heaven, identified as the body of Christ. <coughs> The Holy Convocation, a symbol of the body of Christ, God's Holy Church, identifying the requirements of belonging to the Holy Convocation, which is the body of, Christ, of Jesus Christ, or the Bride of the Lamb, is the unity of specific requirements that are reflected and poured out onto many places of Scripture, and especially in the book of Apostle Paul to the Romans that had become the subject of our study. Let's read this place again, these requirements that will make us a part of the Holy Convocation and will give us the right to receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and the Master of our life. Romans 12, 3 through 21. 
For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. It's talking about the body of Christ. We are a holy church, and in this holy convocation, to be a part of it, we need to not think more of ourselves than we need to but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one. If we break this, we separate ourselves from the Holy Convocation. We don't take part or honor the Holy Convocation in this way, which is a requirement in order for us to receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our life. And further, he says, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members did not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. having then uh, gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us let us use them if prophecy let us prophesy in the proportions of our faith or ministry let us use it in our ministering he who teaches in teaching he who extorts in extortation he who gives with liberality he who leads with diligence he who shows mercy with cheerfulness you see what kind of requirements connect us to the body of Christ The absence of these requirements or the breaking of them talks about the fact that we are not the body of Christ. And, of course, how can then we receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our life if we are not the body of Christ? The Holy Spirit is given to the body of Christ. Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In this sufficiently large place of Scripture, we see the order of the Holy Convocation as well as the requirements, making us a part of honoring the Holy Convocation, which is the body of Christ. Or this is also the bride of the Lamb, or the chosen remainder. Fulfilling these requirements, we we receive the ability to bind ourselves to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, in turn, receives the ability to become the Lord and Master of our life. Fulfilling the requirements are signs which are evidence that we have the fruits of resurrection with which we are to clothe ourselves so we can then be in accordance to the requirements of perfection that is in the likeness of our Heavenly Father. With this, we will remember that these requirements, one next to the other are presented in a fascinating balance and confirm the truthfulness of one the other. Therefore, either we have a balance of all of the characteristics or we don't have them and are deceiving ourselves. 
Not honoring or not fulfilling these requirements will not allow the Holy Spirit to become the Lord and Master of our life and will result in our names being forever blotted out of the Book of Life, although it was written there at one time. If you've been attentive, then you will notice that when listening, these listening to these requirements, there's an absence of so-called evangelism that by many who are called to salvation is received or considered as panacea, that is, a remedy or solution for their difficulties, or is received by them as a guarantee of salvation if they will evangelize. Well, why are we not evangelizing? You hear this question. One pastor asked me the question once, why do we not evangelize? And I said, why, why we you, I say, I evangelize. Do you understand what evangelism means? That's to be a light to the world. The fact that you will go to a different place and not being a light and not be a light, this is not evangelism. To be evan uh, to evangelize is to be a light. And so pretty much be a light wherever you are or be in the location. Uh, why do you want to run somewhere to receive salvation as testimony? If you uh, will be a light, then be a light where you are. Be a light for your wife. Be a light for your husband. Be a light for your children. Be a light for your neighbors. Be a light for your, your, at your job or those who surround you. Be a light for hell because sometimes we can make a make it uh, present something that looks like light in front of men but what you think about what you live with what you where you look testify of who you are therefore to become a part of the holy convocation and in this way give your essence or your entire self into the control of the Holy Spirit so that you may be led by the Holy Spirit, we in a particular format have already studied four requirements. First, when serving each other with the gift you possess, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Second component of the requirements to honor the Holy Convocation, giving us the ability to receive the Holy Spirit as Lord and Master of our life, is the condition that you love, your love, be without hypocrisy. Third component of the requirements to honor the Holy Convocation, giving us the ability to receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and the Master of our life, is not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, and serving the Lord. Fourth component of the requirements to honor the Holy Convocation, giving us the ability to receive the Holy Spirit as Lord and Master of our life, is rejoicing in hope, being patient in tribulation and continuing steadfastly in prayer. And now, the fifth component of the requirements to honor the Holy Convocation, giving us the ability to receive the Holy Spirit as Lord and the Master of our life, is distributing to the needs of the saints given, given to hospitality. A strange uh, requirement, you would think, to receive the stranger and the stranger is a person who is not, say, from America, for example, from a different country. You, they come and they knock, to, they knock at your door and...
for example, I came from China and I have nowhere to be. How do you understand this, that you need to be given to hospitality for the stranger? Breaking this requirement not not only will not allow the Holy Spirit to become the Lord of our life, but those who break it will inherit eternal suffering. And I will bring places of scripture that show this. Those who will not receive the stranger will go to eternal hell. Fulfillers of this requirement, the opposite, will have the opposite effect, will allow the Holy Spirit to become the Lord and Master of their life and will result in eternal life. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. This place of scriptures uh, is read often. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the glory, or, or the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left then the king will say to those on his right hand come you blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for I was hungry and you gave me food I was thirsty and you gave me drink I was a stranger and you took me in I was a stranger and you took me in then the righteous will answer him saying Lord when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink when did you see you a stranger and take you in and the king will answer and say to them assuredly I say to you and as much as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren you did it for me this is not some kind of stranger from a different country actually this is a person who is of the faith born from God a stranger is one from born from God and as you did not do to one of the least of these of my brethren and if you did for them then you did for me then they will he'll say to those at the on the left side depart from me you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels for I was hungry and you gave me no food I was thirsty you gave me no drink I was a stranger and you did not take me in naked and you did not clothe me sick in prison and you did not visit me then they will answer and say to him saying Lord when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of these least of these, you did not do it for me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The requirement in the holy convocation, holy church, these people that uh, make up this holy church are those strangers and those sick, they are those naked, they are those that are hungry and are thirsty, they are those who are in prison and so forth, these are those strangers. And if the first part, distributing to the needs of the saints, seems fully understood, then the second, given to hospitality for the stranger, seems to bring us into a state of confusion. But I already showed you who these strangers are, <clears throat> the words to entertain strangers, the key word being stranger, stranger is one that sojourns, one who is continuously on the road, moving from one place to the other, one who is strange for the nation among which he is a stranger. Entertaining strangers is loving the stranger, hospitable. In this way, to be accepting of the stranger is expressing the love of God. 
to be zealous of, of receiving the stranger, <clears throat> as it says, be zealous for it, is the yearning desire, the strive to make sure that the stranger find everything needed under the covering of our house. Upon practice, having an acceptance for the stranger is testimony that this person performs righteousness and is a part of honoring the holy convocation, as it is written, Job 31:32. But no sojourner had to lodge in the street, for I have opened my door to the traveler. He is a righteous man, and he testified of himself. The sojourner was not in the streets. My doors were open for the traveler. Arises a question, who do the scriptures identify as in the category of the stranger, or who are we to consider a stranger? Because not all who sit on the right and the left of us are strangers, although they are in the same church. And not all who uh, honor the Holy Convocation, although there are many called few chosen. The chosen are the stranger, the rest are the not strangers. <clears throat> Again, I repeat, uh, when I bring examples, that doesn't mean I have something against my nation the Slavic nation. When you need to be a stranger, they turned out to be Benderevs. They, be, they uh, turned out to be patriots of their nation. They could not be real, uh, true strangers. This is what happened. An, an incredible a disaster happened that they did not know. They continued to pray and serve and hate this country next to theirs and hate all that are not Benderevs. If you did not uh, proclaim that you are, then you are hated, a part of them. And religious uh, sects actually disciplined this and uh, created this, and it then passed on to the world. Based on scripture, the stranger that we are to be hospitable to are people that are fellow citizens and the saints and members of the household of God. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God. You are not... <coughs> this is talking about strangers that because they are citizens of heaven. And they are not strangers in heaven, they are citizens of heaven. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being <coughs> fitted together, grown into, holy into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of, of God in the Spirit. Therefore, based on the written determination of the fellow citizens and saints and members of the household of God, these are people that are strangers and sojourners upon earth, which is why they are not strangers to heaven, they're strangers here on earth. You can't be a stranger in heaven and stranger on earth at the same time. When it says stranger, the stranger has a citizenship somewhere. If you are born from God, then your mother land or your place, your your land or house is in heaven, because the earth is the Lord's and we are strangers and campers of God on this earth. The land shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine, for you are strangers and sojourners with me, and in all the land of your possession you shall grant redemption of the land, Leviticus 25, 23-24. The Lord says this land is his tithe, it is his. You can't uh, consider yourself a citizen here. 
You are sojourners in this land, and I will allow you to live here temporarily, because the true eternal place of your living will be the new heaven and the new earth. This is where I will live with you. This is temporary. This is my tithe. Very strange. People are taught to hate the world. All this earth, the, the people, Christian people are taught, but the Lord is zealous for his earth. He says, this is my earth. He's always proved to the Pharaoh that you will know that this is my earth. The ten plagues that the Lord allowed to happen in Egypt just at the, be at the beginning of every one of the plagues that Moses would say that you would know that the earth is the Lord's. God is zealous when people try to claim the earth as their own. God says, this is my earth. This is my earth. Because from it, he created the man that lives on it. This is my earth. The earth is a symbol of Jesus Christ that we are born of. The earth bears and, and bears food, and Jesus is the true food. I want us to understand that the earth is Jesus in the, in the, in the flesh. He came here. He's a symbol of this earth. This is what the earth is. And so God looks at it, and he's zealous for it, and he will judge the people that destroy the earth, and he will not allow it to be destroyed with atomic bonds, uh, bombs. He will not allow. Uh, it will be melted in God's fire uh, and become the new heaven and new earth, just as our bodies will not be destroyed. They will just change in the blink of an eye and will become new bodies. From this very same old mortal uh, body, God will create the immortal and perfect body. He won't take from something else. The earth, how it is now, is temporary. Paul said, we knew Jesus in the flesh, but we no longer know him in the flesh. I want us to understand the value of the earth that we live upon, how to treat it. Before, people of the olden days uh, treated the earth as a god. Today, people treat the earth as wealth, as money, as possession, because you could get money, silver, gold from it. You can grow something from it and uh, satisfy your desires. But the earth needs to quench the desire of God and not our own desires. <clears throat> because when God created the earth and man, he then rested after he created it. And when he created it, he said, God saw that it was good. It's written, he saw who the Son of God was, or he showed him who he was and who God's chosen remainder are, who are in Jesus Christ when he created the earth, which is why he said, you cannot sell the earth permanently or forever. A Jew was able to sell the land up to 50 years if, say, it was one year to the Pentecost, uh, then you could only sell it for one year because at the Pentecost it needed to be released. And so it's interesting how... Uh, there, uh, there's uh, unusual places in the world where you can only buy land for 99 years and after that time they, the land is given back to the people that live there uh, people don't have houses there in certain places they don't have even ships that pass by 
if the the Hawaiian lands, uh, if they, if you're trying to uh, uh, lease them or, or rent them, or you can only for 99 years. And the only uh, ships that actually can pass by those islands are those that do not have a casino on them. But people not knowing those laws, uh, uh, God's laws of the land, to break God's laws, the earth will not be destroyed with atomic bombs. They will be, uh, it will be remelted and formed again into God's new earth. And God who will rule on the earth, he will not come to a destroyed earth when he comes back. When he comes, he with his word will heal the land and it will be as it was at, when he just created it at the, the its fir first and foremost uh, form, when the earth will be as it was first and original. It will be something unusual. The earth will be bare so well, be so fruitful. There will not be curses. There will not be all kinds of worms and other uh, destructive uh, 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 bugs and other uh, animals that dis uh, and insects that destroy. This is God's earth and secondly, we are strangers and sojourners upon the earth and we are because we are spiritual in essence and are eternal and the earth upon which we are strangers is temporary as it is in its state Genesis 21 34 and Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines many days Genesis 26 3 through 5 dwell in this land and I will be this is upon the Canaanite land and I will be with you and bless you God says, I give you this land, but it is not yours, actually. You're a stranger on this land, dwell in the land. God says, I give you this land, but he, but this is not actually your own. It's like you uh, rent a house or an apartment, and they tell you, here's, uh, you have a, uh, uh, you are renting this apartment for a year, and you could do whatever you want. But as soon as I come and the rent term is over, I will check if the apartment is not in the same condition as it was. You will pay for every everything that is changed or different. Same thing, uh, God, when he comes back and sees that the earth is not the same as he as it was when he came here, those who destroyed it, he will call them out and ask, what did you do with my earth? How did you poison it? How did you use it? And they will be judged for these things. The time will come when he will judge those who destroyed the earth, it says in the Bible. Destructors of the earth. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all this land, and I will be I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of, the, of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. God speaks to Isaac and Jacob, if you will be a stranger on this land as, as Abraham was. A stranger, again, is as a sojourner is a, a, a he, the word Hebrew or Jew. 
And so the only Jews that are actual Jews are those that belong to the Holy Convocation. Third, the revelation of the commandments of God, which are eternal and intransitive, belong to men that in the state of their heart are strangers upon this earth. Psalm 119.19. Here's what David says, I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. If we will not present to God evidence that we are strangers, then the Urim will not reveal anything to us. The Holy Spirit will not be able to be a master and lord of our life. He will not reveal to us the word that we will place inside of us. <clears throat> if we place the word correctly, he will reveal it. But many, uh, when they place it in themselves, they place it incorrectly or in an incorrect form. I re recently was speaking to one sister, and she says, I was in one uh, <coughs> church, uh, a woman's gathering, it was a woman's conference, uh, and I felt such blessing, and God, I said, God doesn't work this way, because in Jesus Christ there's no male or female gender. And if you separate men and women, then you already attract the spirit of, of uh, homosexuality. And then the lesbianism and gayness, then they do parades because you're, do, you're, you're uh, having these kinds of co uh, conferences or gatherings, uh, women's gatherings. If you remember the book of Esther, the king invited to his party all people, all the people that belonged to Susa, the city of, of Susa. And the, the Susa in that language is lily, and all those who were the lily of the valley, he invited women, children, men, and there was a three-day celebration, and they drank wine, and royal wine, and but Queen Ashti, if you remember, she also drank the royal wine and invited her own women guests. Here, there, where the king was, there was a there was a place where you can bear fruit there and a garden. But Queen Ashti, she lost her position, and another one was chosen. If someone hears me, all you pastors who allow in your services there be women's services you are cursed and everything that you experience in these women's services together with the super so-called evangelists that gather thousands of women you are in deception the, the spirit of deception works there who presents themselves as the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit does not uh, function separately in just in and amongst women only or men only you are all in Jesus Christ and you're one and he does not pour out the Holy Spirit only upon women or upon men I will pour it out upon my maidservants and my men servants <clears throat> and they say separately the Holy Spirit is upon them when they uh, gather separately all you experience is an emotional experience this is not God's order <clears throat> God's order is when me women men and children are one place and you can bear fruit there in the garden of the king and so this is very important <clears throat> fourth God hears the prayer of only those people 
that are able to present evidence that they are strangers and sojourners of God upon the earth. Psalm 39:12. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner as all my fathers were. <clears throat> I am a stranger with you and sojourner as all my fathers were. Having all the Canaanite land, and he says, I am a sojourner. This is evidence because I am a sojourner, a stranger. That's why hear me. God will not hear our cry and our tears if we will not present evidence that we are strangers and that we receive the stranger. Fifth, holy people that are part of the holy convocation that speak of themselves that they are strangers and sojourners declare that they seek a homeland, which is heaven's, heaven's city, which is the body of Christ. Hebrews 11:13 through 16. These all died in faith, not, receiving, <coughs> not having received the promises but having seen them afar, uh, afar off were assured of them embracing them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth <clears throat> for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland they go to their homeland and how to come there where i was born you know when a, a fish is 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 the the is laid uh, when it, it hatches uh, it goes uh, into the rivers into the ocean and she returns to that place where she was born in order to return back to that place she was born she would need to go through the rivers again up the streams to lay the next generation of eggs and the cycle continues the same thing here uh, they seek that place that homeland and truly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out these people they would have had opportunity to return but now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. God is not ashamed of those people who seek the citizenship of heaven. He has prepared for them a city and calls them his own. Six, to take part and to honor the holy convocation, we as strangers and sojourners need to abstain from fleshly lusts that war against the soul. First Peter 2.11 and 12. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And so sojourners and pilgrims, they had overcome their lusts. <clears throat> Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may be by your good works which they which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Seventh, entertaining strangers, many of us unknowingly have entertained angels, have entertained angels who, as servants of God, are sent to serve those who are to inherit salvation and take part in the holy convocation. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. Hebrews 13, 13.2 So, what does this mean? You will not know that you had entertained angels because you will be entertaining or be acceptable or be hospitable towards your brother or sister. 
в гости к вам может прийти кто-либо из собрания. Вы будете думать, что это пришел пастор или еще кто-то один из друзей, сестра какая-то пришла. И вы If you, your, from your church, you have a visitor in your house, and you serve them, and they then reveal to you some kind of mystery of God, and you will think that she came. Uh, she came to your house, or a visitor came to your house, a brother or sister, and you would think that they are the ones visiting, but it actually is an angel that came to your house. And the angels appear to holy people uh, in the form of other, other brothers or sisters, uh, strangers. Only in heaven will people see that the hospitality that you've shown to your brothers or sisters were actually people that were angels that came as people you uh, knew. If you will receive each other and invite each other, but here it's talking about the hospitality that you be zealous that the stranger come into your house when you will be acceptable accepting of the stranger people will come we have become so so uh, hospitable today that it's almost difficult to uh, and difficult to even uh, come to the door of someone's house you need to call first when I was young, uh, I would come out and I, I see somebody outside when I was younger and this person would say, I'm the daughter of Abraham and I, and I would say, come in and, and, and sometimes people would live. Uh, sometimes would live for months in my house, and my house was always open. I had no, I had, no, I didn't have a time when I didn't have visitors. <coughs> and sometimes visitors with other visitors would meet each other. Sometimes even when visitors would come. Uh, one family had a wedding, I remember, and visitors came, visitors of the bride. She was of the, a different city. <coughs> and the church finished, and people uh, uh, went their own ways, and I see that these people were not invited by anyone. And I was watching to see if anybody would invite them to their house, because these are relatives. And I see nobody took them, and I come to them and say, did no one invite you? And I said, come to my house. <coughs> and they, with some kind of fear, came to my house. Being in my house a couple of days, one of their elder sisters began to cry, and they said, she said, we were told that you were a part of the KGB, and uh, I was, they said we were afraid that no one invited us, but when we saw you in, invited us uh, and <coughs> we saw that you're a person of God, I called the pastor and said, listen to what those people are saying here. Uh, and uh, I let those people come out and I was speaking to them to him alone and uh, I, I hear that you say that I'm a, a, 
a part of the KGB, and, I, and it's a testimony of the fact that you are. And so, you see how the Lord will work if we will be hospitable to strangers. Even sometimes today, people without a phone call come to my house. But I say, call, not because you have to, but because you can come and I'm not at home. Call if I'm at home, then first. But if you don't want to call, you could still come. You don't have to call, but you may risk the fact that I may not be home at the time. But I will always accept you if you come. And so if we will be zealous for this kind of hospitality, if we will not take part in the needs of the saints and be zealous about being hospitable to the stranger, <coughs> we, will, <coughs> we will not be able to have a part or to honor the holy convocation. In your cell group, you are you may find out that a brother or sister has a need and you can help and suddenly you get together two, three people and you help or pray that I need a job. They may not need money or they need a, they need a job or, and you need to help pray with him. He needs to do something else or he needs a, a shirt and you give him pants instead. Give him what he needs. <laughs> find out and ask each other what a person may be in need of and help with what you can. And so if we will not take part in the needs of the saints and be zealous about being hospitable to the stranger, we will not be able to have a part or to honor the Holy Convocation. And then the Holy Spirit that we received in baptism and speaking in tongues will never be able to become the Lord of our life. The next component of the requirements to honor the Holy Convocation, giving us the ability to receive the Holy Spirit as Lord and Master of our life, is to bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. With this we see and can consider that honoring the Holy Convocation, giving us the ability to receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of our life, we need to hallow our dedication to the Lord and not do any work at the time. <clears throat> and to do no customary work means not to make any attempt to justify yourself before God with your own personal righteousness that is of the law but with the one that is by faith in Christ as it is written and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Philippians 3, 9 through 11, to hallow your dedication to before, before God means to avoid and not have contact with those people that call themselves worshippers of God but are not really so. <clears throat> And the essence of such sanctification and dedication to God talks about the selective love of God towards man. <clears throat> that God, from the multitude of the called, promises his salvation to the small flock or the chosen. <clears throat> Based upon the specific words of scripture, pe people uh, in their behavior uh, towards God and his nation sep are separated from, separated into two categories, vessels of wrath and vessels of mercy. Romans 9, 22 through 28. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? 
and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom, we, whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And, he's, and he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people and her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there, there they shall be called sons of the living God. Continue, continuing this place of scripture, Apostle Paul again confirms the fact that if the called will not become the chosen, they shall be cut off from the root of their salvation. Romans 11, 22 through 24. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but towards you goodness if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And they also, if they did not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are natural branches be grafted onto their own olive tree? To better understand the nature of the people who are our persecutors and those that we are called to bless, we need to give a more clear definition of the characteristics and who are those persecutors and why they persecute. Because we need to bless them. And we, I just read a couple of places of scripture that we can't bless all persecutors. Persecutors are people due to specific reasons, not always depending from them, and sometimes depending from them, will uh, follow after us, will offend us, and will hunt us. And so there are five categories, or seven categories, five of which we are called to love it. Five, we are called to bless and love, to give them the ap ability to repent. And two, uh, of these enemies that we in any situation need to hate and curse. <clears throat> and so he are, here is who we need to love, the persecutors we need to love and bless, are the world, which is our nation amongst which we live, our house, that is, those of our house. <clears throat> and we need to love them because we can receive them for the Lord. Our life, that is, our corrupt desires, we need to love our soul, and because of this love, we need to lose your soul to be freed from its power to then receive it again. We need to love the holy people that do not have the spirit because they are in the position of spiritual childhood or infancy that will, because they don't receive, but these people don't receive anything of the spirit. We need to love the Israelite nation. And those that we are not to love and hate are the world of the fallen angels and the holy people that have transformed themselves into the unclean. These two categories we need to hate and not love. They also persecute, but the five first listed, we need to love and bless them. Based upon this list, due to specific situations and to specific time, the first five categories, God loves and is long-suffering and desires to save. The last two, however, God in all situations does not love and will destroy them. Because of this, we, to, to specific situations and till specific time, need to love and bless those 
persecutors that God loves and blesses and hate those and curse those that in any situation God hates and curses. Psalm 45, 10, 11. 11. Listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your own people also and your father's house. So the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Worship him. To bless his nation and and his father's house from which we depend, or our house, our nation and our house, and the other enemies that persecute us because of the truth, it is necessary for us to break Uh, away from the sinful uh, bind that we have or connection to them to be dependent from the Holy Spirit when we break uh, from the dependence of our nation and our house they become dependent from us in the plan of receiving their salvation and we receive the ability to bless them and give them the ability to be saved. And so hate for your nation and house is hate to that sinful inheritance that connects us to them. Luke 14, 26, 27, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, and his own life, also he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and comes after me cannot be my disciple. Practically, redemption from the sinful life of our nation and house is a conscious choice of a person where he makes the decision to die for his nation, for his house, and to be able to follow the true truth, which is uh, the Holy Spirit, following after Christ without obedience to his word, dying for his nation and your ho- nation and your house is uh, seen in scripture as disobedience to the commandments of God and an unbelief towards God. I want to remind us Jude 1, 5 through 1 and lower 1, 5 and lower but I want to remind you though you once knew this that the, lo- the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe. That means that these five categories, if they will not transform themselves or change themselves into the chosen, they will be destroyed. And and if they don't uh, change it to the quality or the position of the chosen, they will be in the category of the unclean. The unclean. Who is the unclean? And who are people who support them? People who support the unclean are often not unclean people, but just lawless people. As in the parable, it's written, the lawless uh, support the uh, wicked. And so the unclean person is the one that wants the position that does not belong to him. Regular members of the body will can't become unclean. They're unclean if they follow the unclean. In the beginning, they can't be unclean. They become unclean when they follow the unclean person. And these are usually people who attempt the position of the person God has placed. Only two or three people can, and these are direct helpers of the pastor. A regular member of the body cannot attempt the position when when a person says, well, I should take that place. No one will follow him. But a helper that 
God has a helper of the person that God has placed. When they are given authority, given power, that they be uh, uh, treated with respect and will present the same teaching as I present. And uh, they are treated then as pastors, and oftentimes if a person becomes unclean, the wicked follow, and uh, it's not always... Uh, the unclean is a person not that uh, commits fornicating works, or but one who casts a shadow upon God's delegated person. You see how the cherubim became unclean. He gathered the treasures of his own, the gold and silver he had, and, and it didn't belong to him. He needed to present the interests of God before the other angels. He overshadowed. He received revelations from God, and he needed to give glory to God and say, this is not mine, this is from God. But he began to claim it for himself. He began to love himself in a way, saying that he is not worse than God and wanted the position of God. And as soon as he got this thought of taking the position of God, he became unclean. The same thing is in the church. I turn to the helpers. Be careful to look at the pastor and see yourself better than him because this is the end result. As soon as it uh, matures and you begin to create around yourself, just as Absalom did, oh, David has no time to receive you. If I were the king, then I would have received you as he uh, cast shadows upon his father David. And the king didn't know that he was doing these things. And then he leads the nation after himself. And you see what happened with this nation and Absalom. The nation perished and Absalom perished. And so, for us to understand who the unclean are, people who followed them also and support them. And they support them because they have lawlessness in their heart. If they did not have lawlessness in their heart, they would never have supported a person that suddenly went uh, against the person that God has placed in our church. Look around. I know how churches were created, and even surrounding churches, none created the, uh, were were formed or created built of themselves. They were built or created by division of other churches. And so from from certain church, there's a division. Part of the church uh, separates uh, or splits from a church, and. <clears throat> And, uh, and somehow even after these divisions later on they actually gather back together and actually have uh, it's like two halves living separately it's not a normal uh, way of doing uh, of God's service I will read this place of scripture and then we will pray but I want to remind you, this is Jude 1, 5 and, low, and lower, but I want to remind you, that, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. These are those who did not show faithfulness to Moses. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality. 
again, the same thing. They needed to walk not after a for, the foreign flesh, but the a woman needed to be attracted to to a man and a man to a woman. But when women are attracted by women and men by are attracted to men, that that they gone after and they went after the strange flesh and set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these dreamers defiled the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, "The Lord rebuke." He understood who he's talking to. This was a fallen cherubim. And he did not offend him. God allowed him to rule the world, and he didn't offend him. He just said, the Lord rebuke you, because for the body of Moses, they were arguing. He died, and and, and by the example of Jesus, he needed to resurrect in three days. And because people ask, why they, they argued for Moses' body because he was to resurrect Moses resurrected and then he appeared with Elijah these were people that were in the new body <clears throat> but these speak evil of whatever they do not know and whatever they know naturally like brute beasts and these things they corrupt themselves woe to them for they have gone in the way of Cain have run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah there <clears throat> these are spots in your love feasts while they feast with you without fear serving only themselves they are clouds without water carried about by the wind late autumn trees without fruit twice dead pulled up by the roots <clears throat> raging waves of sea foaming up their own shame wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever now Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about these men saying behold the Lord comes with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment on all to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly manner these are not people of the world these are people that are among you that became unclean which they have committed in an ungodly way and of, of the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which are spoken before you by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ how they told you that there would be mockers in the last day who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. In the church, this, these th people will be in the church. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. Baptized by uh, and speaking in tongues, but not receiving the Holy Spirit as Master and Lord, but as a, an honored guest. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some having compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments defiled by the flesh. And so we need to remember that the unclean people and demons are not worthy of our blessing or our love. These enemies need to remain within our hate. Because if we show them love, we will be, uh, we will be cursed just as they are cursed. 
Then he said to them, Thus says the Lord, because you have let slip out of your hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction. Therefore your life shall go for his life and your people for his people. So the king of Israel went to his house sullen and displeased and came to Samaria. 1 King 20, 42-43. There exist, there exist people that are submitted to various forms of lawlessness and fleshly desires. <clears throat> and these people have the ability to repent and you need to bless them and they need to be a part of our in, uh, have a part in our prayers before God. There exist people that receive the position of lawlessness and are not able to be renewed with repentance. And you can't bless them because to bless them is to share their uh, their future uh, with them. Proverbs 28, 4, 5, Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as they keep the law contend with them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all. There, and so, an example of the behavior uh, a person is supposed to have towards different of sorts of enemies is David, Psalm 31, 6, I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. Psalm 139, 19 through 22. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God, depart from me, therefore you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly, your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred, and I count them my enemies. And so this very position we see in the books of the Apostles, Apostle Paul wrote, 1 Corinthians 5, 11-13, But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, or covetous, or an idolater, or a rivaler, or a drunkard, or extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what I have to do, for what I have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge these those who are inside, but those who are outside God judges, therefore put away from yourself the evil person. We are not going to bless the persecutors, that is the two categories as we've mentioned, that are, n that are unclean and lawless, that support the unclean. The Holy Spirit that we received in the baptism of the Holy Spirit will never be able to be the Lord and Master of a life if we do. And so right now we are going to pray and all those who desire to confront ignorance if you supported the unclean and the lawless, you need to repent. Otherwise, you will share with them their destiny. If you do not receive the stranger, if you don't take part in the needs of the saints, you will not be able to receive the Lord that is the Holy Spirit as the Lord and the master of your life. What you heard today gives you the ability to change, to make the decision, to make us the decision, give us the, the ability to make the decision to live a new, in a new way if we haven't made that choice yet. The Holy Spirit is here to help you to overcome those barriers, to overcome dependence from sin, and to show you healing in the rays of the sun that he right now I'm going to be praying together with you your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side he says if you will confess your sins and your lawlessness 
He will forgive and cleanse you. He will justify you. He will cast into hell all the things that you've done and forget them once and forever. And you will start your life again as a, a clean sheet. Close your eyes, lift your hands to God as a sign that you're ready to receive from God what He desires to give you. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you with my broken heart, with my shame, with my sin, with my dependence, with my fears, with my pain. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, heal my pain, give me your mercy and protect me from shame. I accept your Holy Spirit as the Lord of my life in your truth, in your glory, and in your wisdom. Enter in and be a king and lord of my life. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am justified, and I am saved. Amen, amen. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with a shining face and give you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they will not touch you. May all these blessings be upon you, you and your children, and be fulfilled upon you, and the nation shall say, Amen. And now let us together proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.